0: Okay, welcome inside another edition of the Three Hundred and Sixty Sports Show. I am Andrew Pozzelli, joined by phone by Christian Lauber. Uh, Christian, are you there? And uh, how are you doing here on a uh, an overcast uh, Sunday morning?
1: I am here. Uh, I am. Uh, I'm doing all right. Tired.
0: Yes, I, I join you, I join you in the, the tiredness. I'd say after like week three last night, uh was the first Saturday where our we kinda said like it's Saturday, we're gonna treat it like a Saturday, we're gonna have fun, we're gonna have a couple of drinks, and uh, you know, obviously there's nowhere to go, so you just start sitting home trying to pretend like things are normal when they're not. And uh so yeah, maybe maybe a little maybe a little sluggish, maybe a little tired this morning, but uh you know, still still feeling good.
1: The overcast doesn't help.
0: No, the overcast does not help if it was if it was beaming sunshine and warmth, though I actually prefer the overcast right now because it keeps more people away uh, from where I live, and so i don 't have to worry when I go outside for a walk that it 's going to be overrun with people, and I can maintain a uh, healthy distance of thirty feet between
1: everybody yeah that is uh, that is a good thing, and people are uh, still not complying with that. Uh at home order. So um, that's no good. But
0: I'm sure we'll slip back into quarantine talk eventually. But this is the 360 Sports Show. Um, anything and everything sports uh, goes. We give you full circle coverage of the sports world. And if you have a question for us or would like to talk to us here on the show, you can email the show right there on the screen, the 360 Sports Show at gmail.com, or hit us up through Instagram and Twitter at 360 Sports Show. For those of you joining us live right now on Facebook, feel free to uh, drop some comments in the, uh, in the thread there and uh, we can get to those as well Uh, if you're joining us by podcast on the litany of platforms that we're available on thank you for finding us there and make sure you like and subscribe to the show so uh, we're just going to get right into it we're going to rock and roll we have a, a couple of couple of items here on uh on 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 the docket Christian Uh, obviously not too much happening in the the sports world with everything shut down but still enough news uh trickling out Uh, NFL free agency has come and gone uh maybe a little bit of leftovers from that but I'd say start with you know everybody's wondering about when will the world return to normal when will things get back to normal and uh President Trump met with the commissioners of the respective major sports leagues in uh in North America um this week and uh you know, we're getting mixed messages. All the all the people, like the Adam Schefter's of the world, uh, the people who have the no, uh, think that there's no way we have football come September the way we think about it, with seventy thousand screaming fans in the seats and you know people tailgating and it just the the raucous atmosphere. Um, they don't think that that's going to happen. The president seems to think that we will have that happening uh, by September. Um, kind of mixed messages across the boards. So I guess we'll start with, you know, what are your impressions of, uh, you know, of of having a normal football season, and then what what we both think the NFL actually will
1: look like uh, come the fall.
0: Well,
1: I mean, I, I mean, I'll start with. I think if they can have it on time, they should. I, you know, I think getting back to some type of normalcy would be good, but at the same time, it's got to be uh, completely uh, safe. And, you know, if they have to start games without fans in the buildings, so be it for maybe a week or two. I'm not a huge fan of it, but uh, I think getting to, getting back to some type of normalcy would be, would be nice here, uh, especially by September. Now, I don't think it's going to happen, just based on the timeline of everything. This is going to be a while before we're uh, we're back up and running here. So I don't think, unless they really just they just squash the whole kind of off season program, because there's no way the draft is still on schedule, which is fine. You can do that, you know, remotely, but you can't do OTAs from you know one uh, one computer to another, technology wise. No. It's not going to work. So you, you
0: can you can I have meetings and implement as much as you want, but unless you're out there on the field, it really doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, it's not going to matter. So I don't think they're going to start on time, personally, and nor do I think they should if it's not 100 percent safe quarantine esque, uh, and we're out of this thing. So um, I mean, you just hear from other leagues too. It's like the same with Adam Silver and them. They unless they're able to. Like they're not just going to do it just because everybody's saying we need something to watch. We want sports. And you know, I, I'm a big proponent of, I really want sports back here. Um, but at the same time, it's got to be about safety first here. And you got to get through this, this wave of, uh, of crap. So yeah. To speak, because it's just, it's too much. And it's just, there's just no, there's no way you can just squash the whole off season. And
0: expect to start on time if you're the NFL. Yeah. I I, I I'm with you. I mean, I, I want sports back big time. I happen to be just perusing uh, you know, everybody's watching uh, classic games and, and, and reruns, and I was just perusing some of the best uh, games in March Madness history, and just hearing the the NCAA on CBS, the March Madness scene, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Like, oh my god, I got my blood pumping, I was like, Damn it, like, I miss sports so much. Um, but I'm with you. Like, it, it's not going to come back to normal when, uh, you know, until, like, everything's back to normal. Like, I'd say odds are of things looking like, oh, a packed stadium in the games, like, that's, like, below 1%, like, below a tenth of a percent chance of that. You know, maybe it, it's a lot harder with the NFL because you have so many more people to manage. Um, you know they they have you know games without fans but even still you know and, and that the interest in that doing that is strictly just because of the television revenue that they're trying to maintain but even yeah. that like you have to travel so i mean how do you how do you justify a team from florida traveling to new york you know, or or do we have to? You know, do they do they move all these games off site? You know, do you just sequester the NFL somewhere and and play a whole bunch of games in an air like in Montana, somewhere in Montana, because that's like one of the places with like very few out you know out you know, cases. You know, you find a couple of colleges that are close together that have football stadiums, and you just play. You know, you got three stadiums, you play three games a day. You know. Uh, at each stadium. So I don't know, you figure it out somehow, but I'd say that's a more likely scenario than than things just being back to normal and like you said. You can't just start up. I mean, you have to there's there's like 6 weeks of lead up to an NFL season. You have training camp and then you start the preseason and and that, you know, and that's an extension of training camp. Um and we complain about preseason games, and then how like the first week of the two weeks of the season are kind of almost still like preseason now because teams aren't allowed to hit and do all the sorts of stuff. I mean, it would be so ugly to watch. I mean, we'd we'd be we'd be begging for the XFL back if uh you know if we were to watch an NFL, it would probably look very similar. I mean, I, I think it would be ugly, ugly football, especially when you consider that. Like you said, teams can't have OTAs, mini camps. None of these guys are getting like someone like Tom Brady, who's going to get acquainted to a whole new team. Um, if you're just saying, like, right, "Hey, just show up tomorrow," and uh, yeah, we're going to roll out the balls and uh, we're going to play, uh, that would look pretty ugly.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, I just, I just don't think you can just run into something right away. You have to, you know, if they want to cut the preseason, I'm all for it because I think the preseason's kind of not great, but that comes with okay, we're going to do two weeks of uh, kind of like an OTA refresh here, get into it, and then a couple preseason games, maybe even you know three preseason games, and then go into the season, sure. But I just think at this point, it's looking more and more like everything's going to be pushed back. I mean, you just can't – there's no – number one, there's no reason to rush into it because you could – you could theoretically push it back a couple of weeks and experiment with uh you know going later into into February which is what they want to do with the, the extension of the games anyway so um i don't know i i just think i want uh i want football to start on time but just the way this thing has been and and the way it's going like i mean like you said what are you going to have the if the jets and the giants are playing at home you're going to have them not play stadium and even then is that even you know reliable i don't know
0: yeah, I mean, uh, just just from just the logistics, you know, if, if right now, if you fly, there's a, many states, I, I don't know if it's a blanket order across the nation or, I mean, I know at least in Rhode Island, like if you fly domestically to Rhode Island, you have, it doesn't matter from where, if you fly at all to Rhode Island, yeah. whether it's domestically or from abroad, you have to quarantine for 14 days. They're not going to waive that for NFL players. And if they do, that that sort of preferential treatment will just cause like an uprising. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: it's just not, I don't know, it, it's not ain't, ideal. And it's risky. But yeah, and people still don't seem to understand this part of it, too. It, it's not the fact that, uh, okay, there's uh, this amount of cases. It's it's about what number of cases you don't know about that people have it. That's yeah. the thing. So even if they say, okay, we're going to send, uh, like, 2,000 people into the, the New York stadiums and, and let them... Uh, let them go at it here and start on time. Well, that's just, that just seems like it's creating problems again. You want this thing to be pretty much down on that curve uh, before you get anything up and running. I just don't see a way that you can do it unless, you know, you're talking maybe, I know the the NHL and the NBA, but they're in the postseason, so it's different. Like you have a, a limited number of teams there that you could send to, uh, you name it, Vegas, and have them hold up in the MGM grand and play games there. That's it. Yeah. And the we'll, NFL is going to be all around.
0: And, and we'll, we'll get to the NBA. Cause I do, I do kind of like their, their post, their, their scenarios. Um, with the NFL, uh, and like you said, you want it to be airtight. What happens if you say you decide to not have fans? You 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 say all the teams are going to start. You're going to play games, and one person ends up. You know, you, you're testing all the time, and one guy gets sick. Do you do you shut down that team? Do you tell that team they can't play? Do, do you have to just shut down the whole league again? Like you, you want to make sure it's airtight when I, once you start back up because you don't want to have those types of scenarios. Um, one thing, the NFL, another thing, the NFL, uh, you know, fully approved this week is the seven-team playoff format. So, 14 teams now will make the postseason uh, between each uh, between the conferences. Um, what are your thoughts, Christian, on the seven-team? Uh, you know, the, the the format will be basically, essentially, it's a buy your division winners and uh, basically three wild card spots. And and just the the number one seed is the only team that gets the buy. What are your thoughts on the? Uh, it's 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 it. It's the new playoff format written in stone.
1: Yep yeah, I, uh, I I said from the top. I was not really into the whole extra game just because I just don't think it's needed. But this I'm into. I I, I kind of like it. You know, you get one team with the buy, and you know this gives you know I don't think it's going to change much in terms of like upsets and things like that. But you never know. So. Um, and and you you kind of give these uh these teams that you really feel like oh maybe they should have gotten in they were pretty good they're they're solid they they get a chance now to kind of squeak into the playoff format and uh, and make a run so I think it, it creates potential for more uh, for more upsets and uh, maybe maybe a team like you know Tennessee or you name it goes on a run because they squeaked into the playoffs because of the new format I, I'm kind of for it you no know, I don't mind it at all
0: in in a in a in a twist. Christian, uh, I'm far more jaded and pessimistic, so I hate this. Uh, so you know, this is a role reversal here. I- I'm, I'm. <laughs> The 2008 Patriots are a team that we fans are kind of divided on. I loved that year. Now, obviously, I didn't want to see Brady get hurt and go down, but I rallied behind Matt Castle. I thought it was such an entertaining year. I thought it was exciting. Now that team lost every big game they played in, um, for the most part. You know, they 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 went 11 and five. Their five losses were against the other play were against the playoff teams, and so you don't deserve to get in the playoffs even if you go 11 and five. You know, you you get to win your division, and it wasn't good enough that year for a wild card when most years it would be but by rights you lost to all the teams that you were in the playoffs so you know they they didn't deserve that spot even though I wanted them to have that spot but that was just that that's just the way it it, it that's just the way the cookie crumbled and so To now have like seven teams and the potential of like a six and ten team and uh, many, many, many more of these seven and nine teams getting in. I just feel like it's it's a miscarriage of justice. (laughs) And I just I want to keep it. The, the I hate the NFL's tinkering with things, and so I want them to just leave the product alone. So any change they make, very few of them have ever been good or worked out well. And so this is just another one that I just I don't like the tinkering, and I, I'd rather just leave it alone so that the 2008 Patriots can have just never never made it to the postseason. We don't can't pr- play that game now. It's like well the 2008 Patriots they would have been it. Well they didn't get in. You know I, I don't get to know what that team that was getting hot at the end would have done in the playoffs so I'm I'm far more negative about it than than you are which is which is which is a uh, uh, quite the contrast
1: yeah finally huh <laughs> um, I don't know like I I just think uh, like why not I don't think it's not going to change the outcome much I really like one team getting the buy um I think that creates more uh more competition towards the top too and it creates more more uh I don't know, just better competition between the top two, maybe even three teams fighting for that buy. Um, so, I don't know, I'm for it, you know, but uh, each their own. And I know a lot of people are not for it, so and and vice versa. So I, I think it's pretty split in terms of for and against, and and you know, a lot of people feel the same way you do. That why are you ruining something like this? And, and trying to do too much and, and make it something... Because that, 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 that uh, first-round game really is going to
0: be meaningless. I mean, odds are, most of the time, that team that's there, that seven-seed, is just going to get smoked by whoever the two-seed is.
1: Yeah, I, and I, uh, I don't disagree with that, but I think, why not? Because it's going to keep it almost the same. You get the one-by, and that second-seed... As that extra game potentially to... Uh, you
0: essentially just get a warm-up game.
1: <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how, how it actually works out. And Once I see the product, maybe it, I'll change my mind. But for the idea of it and the implementation, I'm okay with it.
0: Yeah. Um, sticking with the NFL, really cool thing came out um, this week. Someone unearthed a, uh, a scouting report from 1991 written by one... Bill Belichick and I—I I thought this thing was amazing. I mean, the whole the whole thing—he uh, basically like breaks down uh, his his views of what a team should be. And I mean, he's talking—it's specific up to the Browns, but you read it and it just—it's this is Bill's blueprint. It's just—it's just how he wants teams to be built, and it almost doesn't matter what you know. What year? I, I think because we we kind of felt Bill's one of these guys who he, he's he's part you know he's innovative and will do things and is not afraid to change, but he has his system and his way of doing things and obviously it's successful and has worked so he's going to stick with that and you read through this scouting report and for it breaks down each. Position along the offense, which is really interesting to hear Belichick, who is a defensive guy, really break down what he wants from an offense. But it kind of makes sense. I mean, sometimes defensive players make the best offensive coaches because they come at it with a different perspective. They know, hey, this is the way defenses want to defend this, so this is how we can attack what they're doing. Um, and we don't have to read the whole thing uh, unless you want to. I mean, I'm, I was ready to totally nerd out over this. But. Uh, the big one that everybody was making a point of was about the quarterback, and so I'll read. I'll read you Bill Belichick's uh, scouting report. What he wants out of a quarterback. This is from 1991. Number one is to make good decisions. Then arm size, physically tough, leadership, guys look up to and have confidence in, a real competitor. Accurate, rather than a guy with a cannon. Emphasis on our game will be a decision will be on decision, timing, accuracy. Guy needs to be confident. Intelligence is important, but not as much so. So, but not as much so as field awareness and judgment. Can't be sloppy. Fundamentally unsound guy with ball handling, technicals, etc. Footwork, drops, release, etc. QB has to be able to throw the ball with accuracy. Who does that sound like? To a T. He
1: really missed. He really missed on Ryan Mallett there. <laughs> yeah, that's Jeez. true. That is very true. Um, but I would say that sounds about just about every guy that he's brought in here. To be honest with you, Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo, you name it. Even Stidham, from what you see in the preseason, that's kind of even. Even from way back when he was in Cleveland, I think this still holds true. Maybe some tweaks in terms of mobility in the pocket, but. Um. That that he's probably added to this just the way the game has gone, but to a T sounds like for the last twenty years you've had a quarterback that just about has all of that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's so, it. I don't know. It, that that is that that is Tom Brady. <laughs> like is like to a I mean, T. No, I mean pretty much.
1: Did he draft him with, with in mind and say he's going to be the greatest of all time and win six titles? No, no, but,
0: no, but nobody you know, expects he, that. He, but as far as a guy
1: who, with, uh, with the
0: as, as far as far as a guy who, who fits fits that mold, um, clearly they they targeted him. Um, because of that. I mean, Brady fits all those. You know, you, you don't know that the guy's going to turn out to be the greatest quarterback of all time, but he fit. And, and it's, it's, it speaks to the way Belichick built the team. He doesn't necessarily grab the. And we know this. <laughs> we look at his string of picks like Matthew Slater. Like, who is Matthew Slater? this special teams guy like what he this guy who barely yeah. played he's a receiver who doesn't play receive like why why are you drafting a collegiate special teams guy what are you and he's like the greatest special teamer of all time um but any any in uh, a great a leader and bill just picks the guys that fit his system he doesn't just go out and say oh Clay Matthews is the who they could have had in 2008 uh, as well. Clay Matthews is is the best pass rusher uh, in in the league uh, in the draft. I'm gonna go draft Clay Matthews. Well, he doesn't really fit what they want at the time. What they wanted out of their linebackers, he was he's they ran a three four and he's just basically just runs the rushes the passer doesn't really play well in coverage doesn't really stop the run and they're all predicated on setting the edge, um, so it it's it's interesting to see that um, come to fruition. Now, what was really cool is uh, I'll read you his their philosophy on on offense. Uh, and again, you know, this is from 1991. This is talking about the Cleveland Browns, but you can tell me what, exactly who what it sounds like. Make defense defend the middle of the field first by running and throwing inside. Work from the inside out in terms of blocking and protection. When defense commits more players inside, then we can attack the outside with the run and pass. Need some type of powerful element in the running game. Need big, up-front people to knock guys off the ball. Uh, Need N-slash-S backs. Oh, this is Speaking positionally, uh, need at least two, like Kevin Mack, who can punish straight ahead. Need one eligible receiver who is a point of attack blocker, uh, who can execute the blocking in the middle in the running game. Passing game must protect QB in middle, need size and strength guys who won't get driven back. Backs and tight ends need to be able to catch, not necessarily need to be elusive. Third down receivers who can get off line of scrimmage and not get jammed and obviously catch the ball. Want three receivers and running back type guys Uh Megat slash Metcalf types, uh, not DK, uh, when the defense takes away all the inside stuff, then we will go outside with run and pass. Uh, that sounds like the Patriots
1: offense to me. <laughs> exactly. To a yep, to a T. So he's obviously carried a lot of this. And, you know, you make adjustments along the way. I mean, this was way back when, when he was at Cleveland. But still, like, you can see some of this stuff come through. And even on the rest of them, we don't have to read them all, but... You know, even even in terms of what he's saying on offense, you can apply it to what he does on defense. So it's just—I don't know—it's really interesting to see, and you can see the adaptability. You know, with the game as the game changes, he'll change. But to a T, this is this is the philosophy, and this is kind of the blueprint to what uh, he wants to do as a coach for the Patriots. Because you can just see it with the quarterback. You can see it in terms of you know. Running backs need to be able to catch but not be elusive. James White, to me, is not a very elusive guy, but he can he can sure as hell catch. Uh, and, and just you, you don't want guys getting pushed back. Uh, you can just see all of this coming through. You know, you need to be able to block, be able to do everything if you're going to play for Bill Belichick. And you don't have to do anything great, but if you can do everything okay or well,
0: yeah, you just need to be like we'll do do the two or three or four things we ask of you at a high level, um, then we'll succeed. Everybody, do your job. Everybody has their job. Another cool thing was the tight ends. Um, uh, number one has to be a catcher, Ozzie Newsome, Keith Jackson types. Don't need them off. Don't need the offline type guy in a tight ends jersey. Take what we can get, which kind of sounds more like a, like a Tony Gonzalez. Type of guy, um, you know those guys who it's like they're not tight ends; they're wide receivers. Uh, take what we can get from him on the blocking. Just gets in the way and tie up. We can work around his blocking ability. Catch, run, block. Number two and number three tight ends need to be the blocker for situational running situations. Can also be the in betweener, not quite a tight end, but not fast enough to be a wide receiver. Novacek. Uh, Houlihan type guy, 6'3", 235 minimum type guy, needs to be big enough to get in the way. Good measure of tight end is also what he does with the ball after the catch. Don't let the lack of blocking ability eliminate a good player. That, I think, is interesting because it's that one area where Bill does... It's like the one out of all the offensive positions here that he runs down. It's the one time where he's like... I'll take a good player, and we'll work with him. As opposed to, like, we need to have the perfect system guy. Um, and it, it kind of reminds me of the way, the, you know, you see the Patriots usually carry three tight ends. You had, like, Gronk, and then you had Dwayne Allen, who's, like, the blocking tight end. And then there's always, that, like, that third guy who kind of, like, he's a third-string guy, but he's the Hollister type. He's not a wide receiver. He's not quite a tight end. You know, he can kind of fit in between the, the, the algae crumpler types. Um, I, again, I think it's... I think we can read a lot from this into how the Patriots are going to build their team this year because this is Bill basically being able to draft a whole bunch of players and start from scratch.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I think you just kind of read through this, and obviously, you know, I've said it a number of times now, but and I just keep repeating it, but you know, over you know a twenty-year, thirty-year span here, he's obviously adapted this to the modern game, which is nice. You know, you can, but you can still see this is really. Layer that base that he creates, um that he brought here with him, and it still holds true. So you know it'll be interesting now because he he lost the quarterback, which kind of you know for for all intents and purposes, Brady he he covered up some of the flaws that he had over the years on on different teams because of how good he was and how good he made wide receivers and and, and people like that. Not near the end, but throughout his career so he could cover up you know some of the defensive mistakes and and offensive mistakes now it's going to be interesting to see because they got a lot of holes and they're going to have to fill a lot of them in the draft because they haven't really done much otherwise so you can kind of hold this um over Belichick and say okay what is he going to do here with uh the offensive line where is he going to fill holes there um the tight ends is a big one that's a huge hole since Gronk left they obviously need to need to uh, need to fill that one. Yeah, um, whiteouts is another one that you could potentially go draft another guy in you know the third round maybe and see if we can hit on that. So it'll be interesting to see what they do and and now you really get to see uh, how Belichick wants to, to build the team with uh, life after Brady here
0: uh one little bit of news um I want to pass along you know it's it's unfortunate news it's sad news um but former eagles and saints kicker Tom Dempsey. Uh, has passed away today from the coronavirus. Uh, if you're not aware, he held the record for the longest time uh, for kicking a 63-yard field goal with the Saints. Um, that's now one yard short. But what's incredible about Dempsey, uh, he was born without toes on his right foot and fingers on his right hand. And his career was uh still incredible um and we're gonna put for those of you watching live we're gonna overlay the picture right now that's tom dempsey when he was with the eagles and you can see he basically he had like a club foot um that and he had this little like special shoe you know uh cleat that that he used uh and you could see on his right hand you know no fingers um you know, obviously, you know, saddened to hear of, of his passing. For me, I, you know, watching, when you go back and watch footage of, of that kick, what's incredible is that he was kicking the ball from his own 35 yard line. Because the goalposts were right up against the end zone at that time. So, kicking uh, a 63 yard uh, field goal uh, at, at a time like, you know, where he had to line up from, and this, you know, when it, it's like mystique. You know, obviously it's because the video footage is crappy, you know, because of the time. But when you go back and it's like you're turning on the reel, really you're watching this, like, momentous historical event, um, seeing a guy with half a foot and no fingers on one hand kick a. Uh, a 63-yard field goal. Just unbelievable. Um, you know, unfortunate to hear of, of his passing.
1: Yeah, uh, 73 years old, too, so definitely not uh, – he's not super old or anything like that, but, you know, obviously this this virus is, uh taken a lot of people here over the age of 70, so uh, tough to hear about that. But he's uh, – he was an interesting story. It was a good story for him, and he was a pretty good player for all intents, you know everything said but it's it's amazing to see the changes in the kicking game like that you know now a 63 yard field goal is like from right almost near midfield and it's like wow he made that amazing you know this guy is uh he's got the the the, sh- the different shoe there style to that he made for for himself for his uh his foot and crazy to think that he he knocked him through at 63 yards
0: yeah, so unfortunate to hear of his passing. Uh, sticking with the NFL, um, last thing we'll kind of touch on here is uh, they are planning on still having the the NFL draft. Uh, I believe that starts on the 23rd of April. Yep, Thursday, April 23rd will be the uh, the first round of the NFL draft and obviously all sorts of scenarios being thrown around. Um, This from Ian Rappaport. As the NFL works on a virtual draft experience for prospects, two interesting notes. EA Sports will create a virtual moment of the prospect walking out on stage meeting the commissioner. Each prospect will choose a high school to receive a $2,500 grant towards their football program. Uh, obviously, the draft is something that was done for years without pomp and circumstance and people there. It was just all done. There was a whole bunch of guys in a, in, in, in a room with phones, and they you know basically called these guys and said, hey, we want to draft you. We're going to draft you. And then you call the league. Hey, we just drafted so-and-so. Like That's the way it was done uh, for a long time, and obviously it became this whole big event because the NFL just wants to make money off of it. Um, obviously that you can still go forward with that um EA Sports creating virtual moments. How? Wait until like, so there's, there's going to be some really bad. Like, you're trying to throw that together quick. There's going to be some like poorly animated guys. So there's going to be tons of people who are mad about the look of their guy, or there's going to be a screw up. They're going to have a white guy come out for a black guy by accident, or they're going to have some guy be wicked short. You know, some, there's going to be tons of complaints about their the you know the the EA uh, rendering of some of these guys. Are they gonna have every guy? You're, you're gonna have like the seventh Mister Irrelevant is gonna get a little EA moment. Like, <laughs> that's insane. that's, no, what, that's, that's so much work. Be. That's so much work. And who cares? Who's gonna like? You're gonna watch like on on a screen like Roger Goodell stands at a mic with the first pick of the first you know, of, of you know the NFL draft. You know the Cincinnati Bengals select Joe Burrow. And instead of cutting to like him and his home, like virtually like on a Skype call, they're just gonna have like this Joe Burrow like. Like, PS4 graphic-level guy, like, pumping his fists, celebrating like he scored a touchdown, like, walking onto the stage, like, pretend shaking hands with Roger Goodell? Like,
1: what? What is that going to look like? Yeah. I don't know. It's just an ad video, probably. (laughs) I don't... It really makes no difference to me whatsoever about that. I I just... I'll watch just to see how the draft goes. I don't... A theater of it doesn't really even do it for me when it's not virtual, so... Um, if EA wants to do whatever, I don't know. If people get mad about that, then I just have no, I I don't know. I'm not even going to even give that even a second.
0: Well, I'm thinking more like the the individuals, like not fans getting mad. Like if you're a fan, you're getting mad about it. Like that's, yeah, you just, I mean, I would say you have better things to do, but maybe right now you don't. But, uh... I was envisioning more like the players themselves get mad at like, what, man? Like, you made me look ugly. Like, what? What is that? Like, what is that celebration you just had me do? Like, I I doubt they're getting input from people as far as, you know, uh, what they want it to look like.
1: I think it would be more comedic relief, if anything, maybe. Yeah. Um, Because you know, obviously, it's going to look kind of scuffed at some point. So (laughs) it'll be, I don't know. For me, it'll be more comedy than anything. It's like... You know, this is a video game turned into real life. But I mean, these guys are make, going to make millions of dollars. I don't think uh, I don't think your virtual character is going to mean much to you. I don't I don't think uh, you should worry too much about it. Just for the somebody asked, for something else to add to the experience.
0: Somebody asked, can you virtually add the booing of the commissioner as well?
1: <laughs> Probably. Yeah could chuck that in there i'm sure uh, i'm sure people will still be booing from their homes, so it's all good uh all the y'all we gl- know we're gonna be booing. All,
0: all all the glitches what happens when some guy starts to walk out and then he just like falls into the floor <laughs> he disappears or he shoots off into the air <laughs> can you truck stick the commissioner that's what i want to know too um so that's NFL. Yeah, D- yeah, and and NFL draft is uh, is pushing for yeah. It's gonna be it's it's like Tiger King, Christian. You're gonna watch now because you want to see the spectacle of like how bad does this fail? Um, I. Uh, uh, a little bit of a show announcement. You know, we mentioned this a couple of weeks back, and uh, it now uh, is is on the books. Uh, we could, with the draft still happening, and we want to give you guys a whole bunch of draft content. And obviously, now we have more time to to brush up on on all the prospects and everything. But uh, why should we do all the work when somebody else has already done it for us? And we have uh, another friend of the show, Brad Kelly. Uh, he is a draft and prospect expert, and we want to have him on the show. He will be on April nineteenth, so the Sunday after Easter, right before the the NFL draft. Uh, Brad Kelly, a uh, friend of ours, uh, works for Pro Football Magazine. Works for a place called Cover One. Um, he's a, a draft and college football analyst, and he's going to come on, and we're going to come up with a whole bunch of questions for him, uh, and you know, we'll get his take on on the first round, and you know maybe each each team give a little little projection for the first round. Give, give him some draft questions, but obviously, uh, you the listeners, you guys have come up with great questions for us uh, you know, time and time again, so if you have draft-related questions, uh, send those to the show, the 360 Sports Show at gmail.com, or send them through Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at 360 Sports Show. Uh, Brad will be on on April 19th uh, to take those questions and talk with us about uh, the NFL draft, so if you have a question about your team and uh, maybe a certain prospect, if you want to know About uh, a certain guy, um, he can tell you. I mean, if you give him a follow uh, on Twitter at Brad Kelly, K E L L Y 17, um, he is constantly adding content, breaking down the draft, breaking down specific players. Uh, He breaks down tons and tons and tons of film. Uh, So definitely worth the follow uh, if you want to learn about players. And if you have questions, send them our way, uh, and we'll have those for him. So, big show announcement that we'll have a big draft special. Uh, on uh, the Sunday before the draft, um, yeah, that's uh, that's some big news because I know you know me and you, Christian. We you know, we try to watch as much college football as we can and, and consume as much and know as much as we can, but you can't know everything. So always good when we can bring uh, bring an expert on board.
1: Yeah, why not? I mean, I, I'm not going to pretend like I'm some college analyst. I you know I pay attention to the NFL and some of the guy you know top more of the top end talent than than anything, but he can give you details on. You know what? Are, what are the Patriots going to do at tight end? Like, what what is a good option here? So he'll give you more of the the nitty gritty details on all the uh, on all of the draft rather than just top end.
0: Yeah. Um. So kind of moving away from the 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 NFL. Um. As as you know, games in the league and stuff go. Last NFL bit. Um. We can talk about is. Uh. You wanted to talk Christian about what Robert Kraft did this week. Uh. In relation to. Uh, to the coronavirus i'll let you i'll let you take that
1: yeah you know I, I a lot of flack goes towards towards the patriots in terms of football and for football reasons and the cheating and all that but this was pretty awesome and jonathan Kraft, i, I listened to it a couple of days ago over um 95 the sports up was on with toucher and rich explaining how this all went down where you know, he 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 and his father. You know, Bob and and Jonathan talked to Governor Baker in Massachusetts about these masks, and you know, we all know um, none of these places in the United States need uh, that that need these masks have enough of them. And uh, the whole story was was awesome. So you can go listen to that on on the sports hub. But um, basically, it was you know they they used their team plane to fly over to China there was a bunch of stipulations with that and regulations and laws and things. So it was a tough trip. They made it over there and 1.2 million masks, I think with 300,000 going to New York is just one of those things that you read. And it's just, in this time you need stories like that. And I just thought it was awesome from, from them to kind of, you know, not only out Massachusetts, but also New York and and the New York times was uh was saying for once I, I don't remember the exact headline i could pull it up but something to the effect of you know thank you atrius which we don't say often or something something to the effect of that so i don't know it's just one of those kind of feel good stories that in in times like this you gotta you, you need to hear stuff like that and and see stuff like that so i just thought it was it was really really good of uh of the crafts and you know they kind of just coordinated the whole thing with uh, Governor Baker and, and Massachusetts, and they got all those masks back over here. I think there's another shipment coming this week, yeah, um, to finish it off. But it was just it was just a good story to hear, and uh, much needed in in the United States right now.
0: Yeah, and and it's right now it's it, there's so much that transcends sports and and rivalries and things like that. It, it's it's kind of like when back after the the marathon bombings, you know, every Every news outlet in every major city, you know, was posting stuff about being Boston strong in newspapers yeah. and, and online. You know, it's there, there's moments where we we put aside the the rivalries. Same thing when Kobe Bryant passed away, which seems like a lifetime ago, in January. You know the amount of respect you had from from guys from like from Celtics fans. You know Kobe Bryant's a Laker. You hate the Lakers, um, but there was just so much respect there. And obviously, you know you you root you can root against guys and you can hate, you know say you hate guys. Oh, I hate that guy, blah blah blah. But it's out of it's the same way you hated Peyton Manning. It's out of respect because of how good the guy is, and you never wish actual ill. At least you shouldn't actually wish ill will on 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 those guys. Um, and so when the world just stopped, like that, you you know, you put aside all the rivalries. So really good to see um, the craft stepping up like that and doing something. You know, like you said, it's, it wasn't easy. You know, had to get around a, a lot of red tape to make it work, but they did. And uh, kudos to the guys who, you know, the ones the the pilots and the the people in the trucks and, and the the people actually on the ground too, or who are now going to have to quarantine themselves. But they did that for for the betterment of others. Um, and. Um I, I heard too that 100,000 masks made their way into uh to Rhode Island as well. So yes, you yep. know, really 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 good. You know, every we I I joked with my uh with my girlfriend last night. We saw, you know, this article about like celebrities not wearing Uh, Makeup and solidarity You know we're going to try and be just like you And we're not going to wear makeup and we're going to post about it Each day it's like really that's what you're Doing how about you you put your money Where your mouth is and donate And maybe help Help the cause (laughs) not Wearing makeup what does that do for any Oh look I'm so You make me so proud really what does that do
1: (laughs) Give yeah what about the uh, Give a hundred thousand dollars to your uh, local Hospital (laughs) Right. Hospitals that don't have enough masks and ventilators for people to, uh, to be able to make it through this virus and live. And, and we're worried about makeup. But I guess priorities, you know. <laughs>
0: Um. So that was our last bit of uh, NFL uh, news and bits. And if you have any questions, you know we'll certainly you know we usually end the show with uh, we will be getting to our top five this week. Our top five was cereals. So if you hadn't uh, yet heard that or or seen, uh, send in your, your top five cereals. Uh, that's what we'll close the, the show with. Um, normally we close with your questions, but we'll do questions uh, and then uh, our top five cereals. So if you have any questions, email the show the three hundred and sixty Sports Show at gmail.com. Uh, or hit us up through Instagram, Twitter. If you're watching with us live, uh, send in uh, questions to the uh, to the live feed there, and we'll uh, we'll read them as well. Um, on on anything you wish. Uh, you know we're, we're full circle here at the 360 Sports Show, so uh, anything sports-related. And frankly, right now, you could ask us anything uh, because there's not too much happening. So uh, we'll, we'll take your questions here. Um, but transitioning away from the NFL and to the NBA, uh, they announced this week formally that Kobe Bryant... Kevin Garnett and Tim Duncan will be inducted into the Hall of Fame in Springfield, Massachusetts whenever that happens. Um, You know, it'll be a shame if you can't have the full fledged ceremony um, where, you know, the normal amount of pomp and circumstance, and who knows, maybe they delay until you could. But uh, obviously, Kobe Bryant highlights uh, what is
1: uh, a really star studded Hall of Fame class. Yeah, and he, you know he's mentioned at the top, and and obviously he's one of the best. Maybe top, I don't know, top two, top three. You can make the case for of all time. And yeah, really, really good uh, Hall of Fame class. Like t- Tim Duncan, to me is, he should have been a Celtic. Still, uh, still mad about that. But he he was just one of the all time greats in terms of he was just a winner. Him and Pop, and and you know throughout the years, he's just like one of those guys that over time he just he just won. Like before with uh, David Robinson. And then after that with Manu and Tony Parker and um, and then Kawhi. So it's a, it's a star studded class and obviously Kevin Garnett, you know, one of the uh, top defensive players, overall players in the league of all time Um, should have won more than one title, but he was, uh, he was a, a, a true game changer and culture changer. And we saw that firsthand here in, uh, in boston and new england um just the way he came in and he carried himself uh as a leader as a teammate person you know everybody knew on that at that 28 uh, 2018 between him pierce and ray allen they would have to take a step back in order to make the team go forward so you know he was just he was just one of those guys that he, he gets it and he implements it and it was uh, it was cool to see him kind of just come in here, change the culture, and go on that title run. Uh, in terms of Kobe, obviously, without a doubt, Hall of famer and you know, I think they will obviously do something um, where there's people in the building for that. So I would say they would probably delay that that whole thing. I mean, you can't. I don't think you can do anything there without without the true uh, kind of atmosphere so I think I would hope they would delay it until they can get you know the full full impact of it
0: yeah Garnett you know people talk about the Greek freak Garnett was the freak when when he came in that no the league had not seen a guy who was his size which he listed himself at 610 or 611 the man was seven foot one he he. At a time, you know, and a lot of guys did that. They they undersold themselves because they didn't want to get labeled as a seven footer, which which meant like, oh, you just you're a center, go stand in the paint. Kevin Garnett was a power forward who, honestly, in today's league, probably would be a small forward if not a shooting guard, <laughs> um, because he could handle the ball, he could shoot, he could attack the rim, uh, defensive just monster. And you know, Duncan, Duncan's you know the the the. You know, fun, so fundamentally sound, but he was—he's was never the freak athletically that Garnett was. Garnett was like a leaper too, when you know, for for most of his career. Um, you know, not as much towards the end, um, obviously because because of, of age. But when he first came in, I mean, the league had never seen somebody uh, like him. Um, and honestly, he's also part of kind of like that dying breed of of post players. I mean, I I loved watching. You know him and a guy like Duncan. Those 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 guys just battle in the post, and and guys. And Garnett talked about all the time his craft, and you know that's what you. The greats all speak about the game like that. You know, obviously they're gifted, but they work at it all the time, and they're finding little ways to improve and get better, and not just rely on freak athleticism. You know that's really where LeBron turned his career around. You know, not that he was having this horrible career, but you know, when he went to Miami, he worked with Hakeem Olajuwon and worked on post moves and footwork and and you know the craft element of the game. Uh, and that's something that Garnett took a lot of pride in and just that's the type of stuff that's pretty to watch. I mean, that little shimmy shake fade away off the glass like that. Oh, that gives me goosebumps. I love that. Personally, my favorite shot. Um, if, uh, if you've ever, uh, been lucky enough to grace a basketball court with me, <laughs> um, yeah, but, yeah. uh, you know, obviously Duncan had that that in his pocket as well, um, and Kobe. Really, I mean, Kobe too. Later on in his career, did the same thing. Maybe that's where maybe he got in LeBron's ear about that. I mean, he worked later in later in his career. You know, Kobe came in. He was a, a dunker. You know, he was a, an attack the rim type of guy. And then, you know, on the back nine of his career, he really like he worked in the post and and broke guys down and had more of a jump shot and a and a, and a touch and a finesse game. Um just you don't really see too much of that anymore, which is which is kind of a shame. It's why some people don't like, you know, have have drifted away from the NBA because it's just about running around and hucking up threes and sprinting at the rim and getting fouled. Um, all three of these guys, I mean, they're all in the top twenty. Maybe the maybe you, you can make squeeze it to the top fifteen, but obviously there's so many great players, but definitely in the top twenty all time uh, in NBA
1: history. Yeah, and I mean, the the two, you know, Garnett and uh, and Duncan there were, they were patented post players, but also they could shoot a little bit out. Like Tim Duncan, you know, if you think Tim Duncan, you either think jump hook in the paint or bank shot. I use the glass like nobody I've ever seen. He, he would shoot the ball from, I don't know, 12, 13 feet out. And a shot that you really you really don't need to bank in, Right, or you shouldn't maybe weird angles. He was always using the glass. Uh, and I just remember that from from all the years of watching him, and he was uh he was just one of those guys that he didn't do anything crazy, but he was stout and, and good at pretty much everything. Defense he was good. He was just a solid, solid player and obviously a winner. Um and you know, Garnett, same thing. He could shoot from almost a three point line, you know, in today's league. If he if he came into today's league, I guaranteed it. Oh,
0: he'd be shooting threes. <laughs> Yeah. They'd have him shooting uh, back threes. Back that up a little bit. I always joke about and, K, KG and, KG range. One step in from the three-point line. That's that he he like some guys that gets yeah. in their head that one step further back like couldn't couldn't do it, didn't want it. He would always take the step in.
1: His his shot his twos though. Deep twos were money. Uh um, he would rip the net in that on those shots that that he took from pretty far out, but you know that one step back, yeah that you can't step over the line. That's that's the key. Um, Colin
0: Colin asked us who was a better player, Tim Duncan or Kevin Garnett. Um, uh, it's tough. It's that's it's tough to say, and, and I don't want to get down into like who won more championships because it's just not fair. Because. Garnett, I think, if he was in a better situation for more for you know a bigger part of his career, probably could have won just as much as uh, as Duncan. Uh, unfortunately, you know, he spent I think it's like 12 years kind of like in squalor up in in Minnesota. Um, and Duncan had the luxury of playing with other great players and for you know one of the all-time greatest coaches. But as far as them individually as players, um, I guess it's 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 a flip of the coin. I mean, you got to pick what what do you want in in a player? Like you said, Duncan's more of that fundamental guy. Uh, you know what you're going to get from him night in and night out. Um, you know he, he's not going to flash you with anything, um, but but he's. Hyper reliable. Um, Garnett's a little more flashy. I think Garnett's the better defender. Um, you know, Garnett can give you. I, I think he can elevate himself on both ends of the floor. Um, I kind of tend to lean Garnett. I think that's just a little bit of Celtics bias. But I think I. I just like Garnett's... A little, huh? Gar- a Garn- little bias. A little bias. I, well, I like Garnett's intangibles. I you know he. Does Dunk never see? Du- There's a great picture. Oh, I gotta see if I can find this, um, and and put it up on the the screen. Uh, that kind of you know, Garn. I like Garnett's trash talk. I like his intensity. I like his energy. He's talking. He he dunks the ball and then is is screaming and I he, he's intimidating. Uh, Duncan's just that kind of—he's just quiet, you know—and and that's 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 his style. Um, I I like I like Garnett's energy and intensity, and I think that brings so much so much intangible stuff. Um, I I think obviously Duncan kind of his quiet nature worked with. The Spurs, because if you're a fan of uh, Game of Zones, you know Greg Popovich has the Soul Box that just you know sucks in your soul and you're just a quiet, silent warrior. Um, so that fit their culture. Um, I don't know. I I, I I lean Garnett a little bit. If I was if I was drafting my my team, I would take Garnett before Duncan, just because I think he's the better athlete i mean it's a flip of the coin you're getting an all-time great player either way but i like a little bit more of the intangible that you can work with with uh garnett um just personal my personal preference
1: uh i'll let you i'll let you go christian mostly personal bias but i would say mm, that's it's a really tough question because i think either way you're going to be uh you're going to be good to go and move forward with the team but for me I don't know. I, I, if if I was drafting today and I didn't know anything, I knew I'd probably go Garnett. Said and done. I mean, I, you know, it might not be fair, but I go off championships. And obviously, Duncan was in a better situation, but, um, you know, for me personally, I like Garnett as a player more. I also think Duncan was so good, and he won a, a ton with many different people around him. <laughs> And he's just one of those guys that kind of leads by example. Yeah. Um, but personally, I mean, I, I just like Garnett's game, and you know, it's it's not so much the player as it is the person. Like, what personality do you want?
0: Yeah, like I said, it comes down it comes down to preference because you're you're getting an all time great player either way. It kind of comes down to who do you want the what do you what do you want the mentality and the the, the makeup of your team to be like. Um,
1: that's yeah, and I—I I don't know. I just think Garnett's good—good for a culture shock—and he can kind of—he just changes things. And he's, you know, I think Duncan does the same thing. He—he's he, a lead by example, and he's—he's he's more quiet, but in the room, he's—he's he's tremendous. Um, but in terms of personality, you know, Garnett is—is is a guy that. uh it just kind of changes everything, so I, I would lean Garnett in terms of who I would take.
0: If you're if you're watching the live stream right now, we put up the picture that kind of just encapsulates uh, Garnett and Duncan. Duncan's just standing, arms crossed. This was for, uh, I think, an SI photo shoot. Duncan's just standing, arms crossed, looking at the camera, and Garnett's like got his hand on his shoulder, and he's screaming in his ear. <laughs> and you know Garnett just didn't open his mouth and pretend to scream. Yeah. He is definitely actually screaming when they shot that picture. There was a great uh, video clip um from Celtics. They it was when they were doing uh I think it was when they were on the uh the association. They had that little like it was basically like their version of Hard Knocks, you know, they followed a team kind of for a whole season and uh they had they followed the two thousand eleven uh Celtics which ended up losing to the Uh, to the heat in the second round but they were doing preseason stuff and like rondo was doing an interview in one room and you could hear garnett in the next room doing like hype video stuff for the for the in arena uh videos and like rondo's like trying to answer a question and he's just he's like god like where does he have the energy it's like nine o'clock in the morning like there's nobody there there's no crowd like how does he have that energy he's like screaming he's you know, usually you hear guys do those things, and they're just you know, hey Boston, get loud, we want to hear you. Uh. You know, Garnett is actually like frothing at the mouth, <laughs> trying to get the crowd pumped up on the street. Let's like, go! Oh, no! I want to like you know, he's like almost giving himself an yeah. aneur- aneurysm. You know, in a in a in an empty room in front of a camera, <laughs> trying to put do pump up music, uh, pump up stuff at at nine o'clock in the morning.
1: Yeah, he was, he was just. He's one of those guys that's just so intense, but it just rubs off on guys in the room. And obviously, if he, in my opinion, you know, the should have went on more of a run. But I just, uh, he he really came in in 08 and just kind of changed the entire thing. So for me, it was, if I if I had to pick one, I would take him just based on you know the intensity factor and, and the leader factor. I think they lead in different ways, but Burnett's style, I would I would take AG.
0: Um other news in the NBA, they've been talking about potential postseason scenarios, and one that I like, and I think because of the size of the rosters, uh, obviously you're dealing with much smaller rosters than you would like the NFL, I actually think this is feasible, and I really, really like it. Um, I want them to finish the season. I want them to finish the NHL, too. I I just hate seeing, and we've seen it happen here in, in collegiate sports, where you can't recapture... A, a, a given season and a given team and and whatever it factor you had going. And and who knows how it would be even with this, this stoppage, but maybe you'll be able to salvage something. And I want them to, to play games. I want them to be able to finish these seasons at some point, even if it takes until... You know, like I don't want you to just call it quits and start a whole another season again, like in December. Like I just, ugh, it, that that would just sit so not not well with me. Um, I want you to try and finish. And they've talked about putting the teams in somewhere like Vegas and quarantining them there, and basically these guys just are living in a single spot playing games with no crowds, but you're getting the games in, and basically the, the media and the players and the team are just sequestered, uh, isolated in Las Vegas, somewhere totally quarantined. I, they isolate themselves, and they play the games. Uh, I, I'm really, I'm a big fan of it. long as I want to see the games, and also I just think it's, you know, the NBA is usually on the forefront of things and, and being creative, and I, they're trying their best, and I think this is a solution that actually you can actually do it. It could It could work.
1: It could work. However, there was... I think it was Brian Windhorse on Friday was talking about it. Yeah, here, let me pull it up. He, he was talking about how... So China was going to do something similar with their basketball association where they were going to kind of isolate and maybe be testing every day. I think something like that, taking temperatures, things like that. And they put a kibosh on that for... Um, a few few reasons, and the, one of the biggest is the asymptomatic carriers. Because um, then this register starts all over again, and who knows? But uh, Winhorst was talking on ESPN, and and he was saying that uh, the NBA is angling to to set up a deal that enables them to shut down the season. So it's kind of gone back and forth on this um, in terms of. What they want to do, I'm just like
0: you can't do it right now, but like do it in August. I think like the, the Chinese no. league trying to start it up like right now was like obviously insane.
1: Yeah, I mean, even then though, I don't. Uh, you know, you, you have to wait and see what happens, but I don't think by August it's going to be totally. We'll probably be on the down downward slope. I would I would freaking hope by August, but. I just don't know if there's going to be a way to... And, and also, you got to worry about the players. Do so the players actually want to do this? Are some players going to say, no, I'm not doing this. I'm going to sit out? Because then it creates a whole other dynamic. So, I don't know. For me, I don't mind the idea. I'm just... I'm, I'm sensitive to the players in this situation where maybe they don't want to be away from their families or maybe they don't want to go live in you know Vegas for two months. I mean, it sounds dumb because it's like, oh, you're just... First world problems you have to live in a nice hotel and do that, but you know, it's kind of a weird time. Um, and as much as I want sports back, I want it to come back in a way where everything is back up and running and uh, and we're kind of good to go because I just the the asymptomatic thing still, you know, nobody might know that they have it, and then the spread starts all over and and for those teams or whatever, you know, yeah, there's just so many crazy scenarios with this whole thing that it's just. It's hard to tell. I, I don't mind the idea. I, I'm just sensitive to the players more than I am the league making their money. You know, their, their money's going to be there, so yeah. I don't want them to cancel the season. But at what point do you say, you know, September rolls around? How are you going to play the end of the season and then go right into the next season? Now, I don't mind that because you just had a break. But um, it'll be interesting to see what the NBA does because I think. They're kind of at the top of all this. They, they really are leading the way, and I think uh, once they kind of make a decision, maybe the NHL will follow, and, and the NFL will say, okay, we'll do this. Same with the MLB. So
0: It's one of those things, like, our kids are going to, like, be looking at a book someday, or they're going to be browsing the Internet, and they're like, Dad, how come nobody won how come there's no NBA champion for 2020? Well, uh, you know, we had a, uh, a pandemic and they just canceled the season. It's going to be one of those, you know, the whole, I can't wait for the day. I've been saying this to friends and family. Like it's one of those things we're in the thick of it right now, but like once we're out of it, it's going to have seemed like it went by. Hopefully it'll seem like it went by fast. Um, But obviously it's, it's it's I hope so. it's it's, in, it's it's now in the past, and you're hurtling away from it uh, with every second. And well, it'll be one of those like weird little footnotes you'll look back, and be like, oh yeah, you know, nobody won a World Series or a Stanley Cup, or oh, that's that's what's maddening. I mean, so from a Boston perspective, say the NHL totally cancels, like the Bru- the Bruins could have won it this year. You know, obviously they, they were right there last year. They had, they had the team. The team came back, pissed and hungry. And you know, you know can you recapture that all uh, again? Our guys now. You know, does Chara come back? If if the if the season, no, you, know, I mean, you know, all that sort of stuff. Obviously, that's those are the ancillary, you know, hopes and dreams and points and things, like you said, to, to people's health. But those are the crazy little side effects of of all this. All these teams that are. You know, you can't you can't recapture it again. And the team, though, that's going to come out on top, I think. After all this, uh, Miguel on Twitter points out the Warriors really finessed the whole NBA once again. Tanked a pointless season and will get a top draft pick. Clay and Steph rested and ready to go. Season's canceled, so they can make their sixth straight NBA Finals next year. <laughs> that's
1: insane to think about. You know it At least it's not a huge, uh, hugely anticipated draft like. They would get Zion or something stupid like that.
0: Yeah, there's no it Thank there's, God. well put Obi Toppin on the on the Warriors. <laughs> yeah, he
1: has got some he's got a way he's got a little bit more ways to go than, than like a Zion though, that at least you know, he he'll be good, but he won't come in and just like destroy everybody. I so don't know. A, I guess that's a positive so we'll see.
0: You got Steph Clay Wiggins Great Draymond Green, Obi Toppin. That five on the floor is
1: scary. I mean, just with Stefan Clay, you're at least looking at like what top four in the in the West maybe? Yeah. So I don't know. Consider everything else yeah, it's just I don't know. It sucks. <laughs> What can I say? There's also like yeah, all the
0: you know, rumors but, that they're angling towards, like getting Giannis, because they could trade Wiggins uh, this off season and make a whole bunch of like insane move. They could make. There's this like there's a small little segment of the NBA population that believes that the Warriors are angling to get Giannis because Giannis is
1: going to want to leave uh, Milwaukee. Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is this is why I I will always and forever be a hockey guy because. The NBA is, uh, is too much. I, I don't like the whole player uh, player run league in terms of, this guy's going to pick where he goes. The most stacked team in the NBA for the last like eight years is going to get Giannis and then destroy everybody. We're going to be back to normal. The Warriors are going to win every year and I don't even need to watch. I love watching the Celtics and I like to see you know Tatum and guys like that kind of excel here. But uh, going back to just the startup again real quick, Man, I would be pissed as a Bruins fan if, if this if the NHL cancels the season. That would blow because they, a lot of people, myself included, were saying, "Man, this team is going to be. They're going to have a tough year after that loss to the Blues in Game Seven. Aaron Char is going to kind of go out here and and they'll get into the playoffs, but how good will they be? And then they were just they're starting. They, they were starting to lap. They were starting to lap, the, starting the, to lap the field. <laughs> Yeah, it's just insane. And, man, Char, Krejci, on this core, they're coming down to the wire here, and that would suck. You got the best record in the league, and then they just cancel the season. Now, obviously, it's uh, not to joke and, and for real. So there's not much you can do, but, geez, would that suck if they just canceled the whole thing outright? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, if, uh, if you've been itching to uh, – Watch some sports this week. The the NBA and the NFL both started their uh, esports tournaments. Uh, They had you know single elimination uh, tournaments with uh, NBA and NFL players playing 2K and Madden respectively. Um, I know I've been thirsting for for sports content to consume. Uh, I'll be honest. I, I thought I was like oh that's kind of cool and then I didn't watch. I don't know if you if you watched at all Christian.
1: No, I'm not a big uh not big into like you know oddly enough I'm more into uh other games as esports other than like sports games and then I'm just into the actual sports. I just couldn't I couldn't do it. I don't know. It's just, it just it's just not exciting, you know? I did see a clip of Pat Beverly going like insane against uh Hassan Whiteside though like he was bringing the intensity in his little cam there as opposed to uh, on the court. But it was kind of funny. Yeah. I think I saw
0: I, I'm with you. Like, I, I think it's one of those things Like, you tune in for five minutes. You're like, Oh, that's kind of cool. And I guess I'm just watching other people play video games now, aren't I? <laughs> which, which there's a segment yeah. of the population that does that. But for sports games, it's not as, as entertaining. Like I, you could watch people play, uh, like Dota or, you know, call of duty, or, or some of these other um, you know uh, non-sports games you could you could watch them, um, and especially the high-end you know productions where you know it's not just watching somebody's Twitch stream, it's you know uh, you're watching uh, you know. Actually, produce broadcasts with commentary and analysts, and, and and you've got the the teams, you know, in their little boxes facing each other. You know, it's it's in the money. I didn't even realize it at the time. It was years ago. A friend of mine in college told me he's like, "Hey man, this esports thing is going to blow up." I mean, this was like in 2012, and he's right. I mean, like a couple of years later, I was watching one of these with a buddy who's really into uh, into you know the esports thing, and they were like, "Oh, and our second prize uh, goes to team whatever of you know." million. I'm like, they just got $10 million for coming in second. Like once, once there's big money being thrown around things, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's arrived. Um, but I can't. I can't watch. I could watch highlights. I could watch like a, if you package together, like here's like the best moments from you know these guys playing and guys freaking out, or you know a guy makes a play and gets all excited, like some trash talk like that. I could watch. But to just sit there and like for 45 minutes and like watch guys play 2K, uh, I don't know what how I don't know what the ratings uh, were on that, but I. I mean, I guess people have never been more bored, so maybe they did well, but I can't imagine it was you were pulling numbers like you would uh, a normal game.
1: No, and I just think like, it just doesn't excite. Like, I could play 2K or Madden or one of these games, but to sit there and watch, like, two professional athletes play it, it's just like, it doesn't really, it doesn't. I have the craving for sports, but it's just not that type. So it's just, I, it just doesn't do it for me. As much, like, I could sit there and watch for, like, three minutes, and then i am like, okay, this is boring. You know, I'll move on to the next thing. Yeah, I want to try to watch Netflix.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to see I if know. I can pull up. Uh, the next tournament begins in 24 hours. 18 hours ago, so six more hours to go. Uh, trying to see if there's, like, I'm trying to, like, find something that has, like, commentary on it. Like people's reaction. Uh yeah, it's negative. <laughs> it's it's yeah. it's people it's people like hating on the certain players, like KD got stymied L O L. Um but most of it's like dead game. Everyone hates this hot garbage game. Blah blah blah. Um trying to see True. any anything else. Let's see. <laughs> this is overrated. Uh yeah, they should have gotten people to commentate. That would have been more entertaining. Yeah, they basically just use the in-game commentary. Yeah, people just there's a gif of somebody going and question uh, mark. Yeah, it, it's it's most of the commentary. Ah, yep, and it's devolved into some quite very, very, very negative comments. <laughs> so it doesn't seem like it's well received. Shocker. Though, if you get people to watch, I mean, I forget who it was who said it. Um, I think it was about. Uh, DiMaggio with the Yankees, and the somebody said, you know, you know, they're asking about you know fans coming to to boo him and heckle him. He's like, and the owner says, you know, twenty thousand people come to cheer him, twenty thousand people come to boo him, they all pay. And I guess if you if you're the NBA and you got eyes and people at least tune in just to even watch if it's bad and they're, if you're talking about it, you know, there's no such thing as bad bad publicity right now. I guess so. Uh, if you're the NBA. You know, so and if you're getting people to talk, I guess, I guess that's a good thing. Um, But yeah, I won't watch. For better or for worse, I'm I'm probably not going to watch.
1: Yeah, no, I'm going to pass. No, I'll pass
0: on it. I'll. so, that uh, that pretty much does it for I'd say the big the big ticket items uh, from the week. We'll we'll keep you updated uh, if anything if anything big comes along. Uh, any any big updates with uh, postponements and uh, leagues starting up, you know, all that sort of stuff. If anything gets uh, agreed upon, uh, the NBA is probably going to be the one you know the, the first domino to fall. Um, I think kind of everybody's kind of looking around, Christian. I mean, I think it's kind of like the same way teams started canceling season. You know, are you know putting things on. Hold the first league that budges and makes a move. You know, if, if the NBA decides to just can it, I think, you know, odds are uh, pretty high that everybody else just follows suit.
1: That's what I would guess, yeah. I mean, I I just think the NBA has been like the leader throughout, so we'll, we'll see what happens here in the developments of the, the virus and everything else. But I think overall, yeah, it's probably, if I had to guess, it's probably going to be the NBA doing something and then other leagues following suit.
0: Um, so the biggest, the biggest sports thing on the horizon is the NFL Draft coming up in a couple of weeks and we already uh told you but we'll tell you again we'll have special guest brad kelly on the show on april 19 uh he's a draft expert you know he works for pro football magazine and cover one uh and he has a tremendous amount of knowledge and insight on onto the players and so if you have a question about a specific a specific i always trip over something a specific player or a specific team uh and what you want them to do in the draft um He is the guy who can answer all those questions for you. So load us up, uh, email the360sportshow at gmail.com, send us your your draft questions for Brad. Uh, He's going to be more than happy to come on here and answer your questions about pretty much everything Every player imaginable. Uh, I can't imagine there's. I mean, I'm sure maybe, maybe it's like stump the DJ. We can we can find a guy like from some total like small school in South Dakota, and I'll be like, what do you think of this guy? And he'll probably have tape on him. Uh, I wouldn't doubt. Yeah. And give him a follow at Brad Kelly seventeen uh, b r K-E-L-L-Y w l y seventeen on Twitter. Check out his page uh, so you can familiarize yourself uh, what Brad's all about. And we're really excited to have him coming on the show in two weeks. To Talk the NFL draft, um, and so if there are no further questions, we're going to move into the uh, the fun segment of the show. Well, it's all fun, but. We've, we wanted to start doing uh, top fives um, top five are always uh, you know a way to to, to draw some entertainment uh, and some levity and a uh, little, little bit of a uh, little bit of fun uh, and especially with everything going on right now we decided we do a top five every single week and we have a whole list of, of categories and we, we spin a little random wheel and this week it popped out with top five cereals so if uh, before we, we get to our top five if you haven't yet sent us your email the 360 sports show at gmail.com and give us your top five serials uh, for those of you tuning in live you can you could drop them in the comments as well um But we do top fives every week. We announce it on Tuesdays. uh, And then uh, if you have ideas for top fives that you'd like to see us do, you can certainly send those our way. We have a pretty good list going right now, um, but uh, I'm sure we'll exhaust that. And so if you have any ideas for uh, more top fives, certainly send those our way. And so before we get to ours, uh, I want to get to some that we got from listeners. Uh, Emily writes in, in no particular order, Reese Puffs, Cookie Crisp, French Toast Crunch, which I've been meaning to look up. Is that Cinnamon Toast Crunch or is French Toast yeah. Crunch a different thing? Because.
1: So, so French Toast Crunch is like, it's the same as Cinnamon Toast Crunch? Is it just knockoff? Like a little bit.
0: Oh, okay. So, yeah, well. Yeah, no, I see. I see it. I, I just, bigger. I pulled it up. Ah, oh, I don't think I ever, I don't think I ever had those.
1: Cinnamon Toast Crunch.
0: Uh, honey Nut Cheerios and Life. We all, we all enjoy life. Um,. Colin writes in, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, favorite. Uh, Cinnamon Life Cereal, go-to slash most often confused or consumed. Uh, Number three, Lucky Charms with Frosted Flakes. It's my own cereal. Ooh, ooh, I like that, a combo. I forgot about Frosted Flakes. Oh, my God. Oh, how could I do that? (laughs) They're great. Uh, Honey Nut Cheerios, second most consumed. Fruit Loops. Brother? <laughs> Why did he do this with the I don't know? Because the sugar content I mo- more often had to settle for berry berry kicks or organic brain alternatives when I was a kid. Honorable mention. French toast crunch. So the French Toast Crunch getting uh, getting some more love there. Oh my god. Frosted flakes, I'm a dum dum. Yeah. How could the I place
1: f- are good, actually?
0: How could I forget um and then Mary writes in with tricks, kicks, Reese Puffs, cinnamon toast crunch, and cocoa puffs. That's kind of like a little, a little like poem there. Tricks, kicks, puffs, crunch, and puffs. <laughs> hey, you um, know what?
1: Thank God we didn't see more Lucky Charms out of the Like Lucky Charms are not good. Oh,
0: you're in for it, Christian. You are in for it. Because if you're watching live, we are gonna we're we're putting up our top five right now. So if you're watching live, you can see our top five. This will be on Instagram later. Uh, So if you don't if you don't catch us live, if you're listening to this on the podcast, you can go to Instagram or Facebook where we'll be posting this, and uh, and you can you can comment on our on our picks for our top five cereals. So. I'll read Christians. Christian right. went with. All right, do you, you just want to get into it? You don't even want to go. What? Go ahead. What do you want? What do you want? Come at me.
1: Real quick. Lucky. Okay. Lucky Charms. The ratio is so off. They're they're good, but the the ratio is so off. There's no way it's in the top five.
0: What do you mean? Do the ratio of like the charms to dog food?
1: Say again. You cut out there. A little Sorry. Bit.
0: I mean, what do you mean? The ratio of the number of charms to the to the amount of dog food in the bag.
1: Yeah. It's just, it's not
0: even close. Ah, I, I, but like, if I guess if I had to now realizing that I had, that I'd forgotten that I have erred so egregiously uh, in forgetting Frosted Flakes, I would probably put them ahead of Lucky Charms. But I'm still, still Lucky Charms is one of my, like, all timers. Like, I loved Lucky Charms. Now, I will agree. For the most part, I picked out the charms and left the cereal, but not always. I mean, I I I was certainly happy to pour in some milk in there, and let those charms get you know let them, let them soak up a little bit of the milk, and then just wolf that whole that whole thing down. They're magically no. delicious, Christian.
1: They're magically off ratioed.
0: <laughs> so what you want? Let me let me let me see if I, I can.
1: I would eat them. But I would not eat them over other good cereals.
0: Let me see if I can find da 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 da, da 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 This is I'm gonna I'm gonna put up on on the on the stream right now. I'll I'll put up this is this is what Christian wants. So we'll go away from our cereals just for a second. Christian, if you had your way, I don't know if you're watching the stream, you, you would want this, which is just the bag of the charms. They sell. You can just get the entire bag of, of Lucky Charms. Uh, would you consume that with
1: see, it's milk? not even that though. <laughs> No, it's not even that. It's you need, you need more charms with the amount of cereal. So, like, the cereal is actually not bad, but Lucky Charms is all about the marshmallows, so you need to add more marshmallows in there in order to make it anything close to, like, Reese's Puffs or Fruity Pebbles, even Frosted Flakes, which I had forgotten about. Like, it's just not up there with those. Or Cinnamon Toast Crunch, which is awesome.
0: Yeah, see, I... <laughs> I didn't put Reese's puffs because I never got them. My my mom would never buy them for me. She just felt like it was just way too much sugar. Maybe that's why she got lucky charms. She knew <laughs> there's only like 3 marshmallows in here. <laughs> um not, yeah, there's that's, a, that's a that's a horrible impression of to, that's a horrible impression of my mother, <laughs> but uh, you you got the gist. Um, I I always want. I love Reese cups. Oh, I'll say it now. When we do top five candy bars has been or can you know or candies has been on our. Um, uh, on the wheel it has not yet made an appearance uh in the top five as a, as a top five category but when it does uh reese cups uh, will be probably my first three choices i'll have three different types of reese's available i love reese's and no. i never got maybe it's spite maybe i didn't put it there because i didn't get it enough <laughs> hey
1: that's fair i, I think so reese's Reese, you could do top five reese's products right so you could do Ooh, yes yes uh the easter eggs the reese's easter eggs are so much better than the cups uh, and you know why why the ratio the ratio
0: <laughs> have you ever bought the reese's peanut butter they the sell ratio to chocolate they butter. sell the reese's peanut butter you can buy
1: yeah yep we we bought that yeah. yeah it's really good delicious
0: probably loaded with so much garbage but it's it's it, it's so has a unique texture and taste. Uh, personally, yeah, top five Reese products. Do you, do you like the uh, do you like the fast break bar?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah, fast fast break bar is uh, it's that's in the top five. We're getting we're straying we're straying I we're would straying. We're those. We're, 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 we're yeah, we're, yeah. Um, Reese cups were my like. Stress food. I have friends. If, Colin, if Colin's still on the the stream, he, uh, he he'll remember. You know, when we would watch like Celtics playoff games together in like high school halftime, um, I, I w- we would take our, our our cumbies run, and I needed um, Arizona iced tea, a little uh, a little Arnold Palmer. And I would devour a bag of Reese Cups. That was my stress, my stress food. I couldn't do that now because I'd probably gain ten pounds in a night. But that was that was my that was my stress relief uh, was to consume Reese's Cups <laughs> during Celtics playoff games. Um,
1: What's actually fire is the Reese's Cups with the Reese's pieces inside. Shit, so good.
0: I have not tried those. I haven't. I have to make that happen. I have to make that happen. Um, Yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, top five. That's going on the wheel. It's just too good to pass up now. Top five Reese products is going on the wheel. Uh, The top five 360 sports wheel. Um, Colin says, uh, oh, it's glazed. He's talking about the cereals. Uh, Because Frosted Flakes is a superior companion to the Cheerio type of cereal, they put it with, yes... Yes, 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 yes. And he remembers. Um, but anyway, so uh, our top fives. We both went with Cinnamon Toast Crunch, uh, a, a, a staple, uh, probably my my number one um, from of all the cereals I ate. Probably in my life, I've ate more Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Uh, and then you went with Fruity Pebbles. Cap'n Crunch, Honey Nut Cheerios, and the Reese Puffs. I went with Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Kashi Go Lean, uh, which is fantastic. It's it's I get so much. It's like not a whole bunch of sugar. Uh, it's like it's like healthy cereal. I but it's it's not like you're just eating like sand. Um, it's it's like all natural. They put like natural uh, you know sugars and stuff in there, and it's it's not overloaded with with garbage. And I can eat it like I only need to eat like a cup of it, and it fills you up, which I really like. So it's good for like on the go, like in the morning, like going to work, uh, Apple Jacks, that just so much nostalgia. Apple Jacks. I just remember consuming like those little tiny cereal boxes. I remember eating those when I was a kid and like on the school bus, honey nut Cheerios, obviously another favorite. And then the, the lucky charms. Um, I would say Christian, I think I only had fruity pebbles once or twice in my life ever. And I don't think I've ever had cap and crunch. I've what? lived. I've lived a sheltered life.
1: <laughs> you're a sinner. You're a sinner. You need a, we're gonna have to just line up a bunch of cereal, and you're just gonna have to, you know, for the next like six days of quarantine, just have cereal all day every day.
0: How many boxes of Cap'n Crunch equal forty three hamburgers?
1: <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I know Captain I know Captain Crunch is not great for you, but you know what? What is? So who cares?
0: Yeah. What is right now? What is good for you? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, half a cup is 108 calories, or three quarters of a cup. Come on. I want to find out. Uh, where's nutrition facts? Captain Crunch nutrition facts.
1: You're going to need some more uh, research on that one. Let's see.
0: How much is in a box? What's in the box, man? I mean, I, I can do the math. Like with a three quarters of a cup, I want to know. It's not telling me how much is like how many servings there are. How many servings? Ah. Let's just go with cups. Uh, one hundred and forty-four calories in one cup. So <laughs> ten thousand seven hundred fifty divided by one forty-four. So I'd have to eat seventy-five cups of Cap'n Crunch. Ooh.
1: That's a lot of boxes. That's, <laughs> that's a lot of cups.
0: Actually, <laughs> that's a lot. Ugh, that's probably honestly more dangerous than the burgers because all of that is going to get in there and fit in there and is going to expand. Like meat and like the like the yeah. carbs of like the bread are going to get broken down. The cereal is just going to expand. I would be burst. You'd bur- that gastric rupture thing we were talking about last week—that would happen. Do not eat seventy-five
1: cups of Cap'n Crunch. Not, True, but not, also not advised. No, you would never eat that much, Cap'n Crunch. So just just keep it to a bowl, and you'll be good.
0: Have you eaten that much Cap'n Crunch in your life? You think? Um,
1: oh, that's a good question. Um. You know it's got to be it's got to be up there yeah it, it, it predates Google. I bet you Google has all the kid.
0: Google has all those stats on us now. We could probably, if we really wanted, if they wanted to reveal themselves, they could, uh, they, could they could, they could, they could give us all our, our lifetime, lifetime stats. Kind of like the way Spotify gives you like your year and your rev- year in review, like what you watched, how long you watched stuff. It's like Google probably knows exactly how much water I drank yesterday and how many calories. It does actually. They bought Fitbit. Crud. <laughs> they Google owns Fitbit. So if you put in all your I like meal data like it knows exactly where and how far i walked it knows my heart rate Ah, oh, that's chilling to think about now
1: <laughs> look at these freaking i can't believe you put kashi on your top five list and left off frosted flakes reese's puffs cocoa Pu- like what i never ate them the uh,
0: I I didn't, I, 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 it's like, uh, you know, it's like minimum games played to be eligible for like, you know, batting average, that sort of thing. I, minimum bowls consumed. I, I did not eat enough Cocoa Puffs or Reese Puffs in my life to form an opinion. I would, I would love to. I would love to. Just that orange, that orange with that, that yellow font and like the brown uh, stroke around it. It's just it, that that's oh, yeah. visual visual ASMR. But uh, and I can taste. I can taste that box. But I I didn't. Yeah. I never got it. I always wanted it. Oh, yeah. No. One time I convinced my mom to buy Reese's Puffs when I was a kid, and I ate right. the whole box in like two days, and she never bought it again. <laughs> I guess yeah, I'm an I adult. Is, I'm an adult now, and I just I, I just I just I yeah. just forgot about it. Like kashi, the kashi is delicious. It's kind of like it's it's healthier Reese's puffs, honestly. But I, I agree. I I I
1: agree. I think kashi is good. But I, I think you're insane. That's what I think.
0: <laughs> that's just that's just like <laughs> no, I think, your opinion, man. Kashi
1: is yeah ka- kashi is actually good but to, to like i just y- your homework now is going to be go get a box or even a little thing of reese's puffs and for like two days in a row just have it for every meal that's your
0: homework <laughs> i'd have to like up how many miles i'm walking each day to uh <laughs> to counteract that um yeah. No, I guess well, now. It takes so so I mean it's one of those things like I guess I really dropped the ball when I got to college because college was when like I I would just I would buy a box of either cinnamon toast crunch or honey nut cheerios and literally I would just fill up a solo cup with with the cereal and I'd just sit there and munch. That was that was my my, my snack because yeah. you could buy the the family size, the giant box and just Snack away, just scarf, wolf those things down uh, at the ready. Um, I guess I, uh, I really could have. I, that was that was my opportunity to get, to get into the Reese Puff game because there was nothing holding me back. Um, but I never did, so it's unfortunate. But yep. I still have time. I can, I can, I can change my life around. A man can change. We have the capacity to change. At least we, we like to believe we do. Um, yep. Colin says, "I was not allowed fruity pebbles, reese puffs, or cap'n crunch when I was a kid. Don't even talk to me about cookie crisp. Oh my god, cookie crisp! There's that's another one that gets. Oh, I gotta, I gotta look up cookie crisp now because I just need to see the box.
1: Yes. Oh my cookie god, cookie crisp to me. Cookie crisp to me. I feel like has gotten worse over the years for some reason. When I was a kid, I loved cookie crisp. Now." I don't think it's that good anymore i don't know why but because well,
0: it's just cookies you could just get cookies
1: <laughs> like it's not cereal it's, it's not really cookies that's the problem it's it's not even really cookies it doesn't even really taste it doesn't have that cookie taste it's just like it's like you can taste the chocolate but other than that it kind of tastes like styrofoam and
0: sugar i'll put that up on the live stream right now there you go Co- box of cookie crisp a little nostalgia. This is very nostalgic. I'm like, I'm remembering, it's like making me think of all those, like, like getting up and watching Saturday morning cartoons and all the cereal commercials. Like, I'm, remem- I'm remembering, ooh, maybe that could be another, t- we could, that could be like an offshoot of top five cereals, is like top five cereal commercials. Uh, we'd have to, like, do a whole, like, video, I'd have to, uh, you know, work on a, a video montage of that. But some of those commercials are, are crazy. Maybe or maybe not even just cereals, but just like kid food commercials, like the, like the the tricks commercials. Uh, silly rabbit tricks are for kids, um, or like the yogurt commercials. Those were like insane. Like yogurt used to, like they'd make yogurt seem like the coolest thing ever when I was a kid. Yeah, like uh, Capri Sun. No I wanted to turn into that like silver thing and like fly around the world.
1: <laughs> and uh, Sunny D. Sunny D was another one.
0: I uh I had something. What's oh, you're gonna get so mad? Like, I'm there's so many of those things, Christian, that like most kids got that I just was I never got. Um, like, uh, I'm uh, name something that you loved to eat when you were a kid that was like that, and I can probably I'll, I'll tell you whether or not I I ate it or not.
1: Um, like what?
0: Like a, like a food like those things like the Sunny D fruit by the foot like all those types of things like oh yeah those those kids. What? What's it? Dunkaroos? Dunkaroos.
1: No. What? Yeah. Oh my God. Maybe. Maybe They're coming maybe, back this summer. I'm.
0: Home. Maybe like a couple of times. Yeah. No. I never. Nope. I don't think so. Not those. Not the ones. I had. I had ones that were like cheese. I had like it was like a little thing of cheese. And 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 uh some some pretzels or there was one that was like peanut butter but not not cookie not cookie stuffs nope never
1: Damn. yeah they're coming back this summer and uh I'm absolutely going to crush them
0: 100% <laughs> yeah 90s I got to find where's our list I got to put ah, da, 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 da. that has to go on the list 90s 90s uh 90s kids snacks that is that is going on the list 90s kids Snacks. So right now, our top five um, we that that things that can go on the list. We have quarterbacks of all time, Patriots of all time, candy bars, fast food burgers, sodas, New England beers, Marvel movies, Disney movies, non-Star Wars or Marvel, famous. Pets, absurd sports stories, top five cocktails, top five apocalypse movies slash TV shows. That's prescient. Top five sports movies, worst Super Bowl performances, foods that shouldn't exist, and '90s kid snacks. So, those are those are the those Good are the lessons there. We're, we're we're working with, um, Colin says, "Go Gurt." That's another one. I think I did have Go I think, occasionally. He also wasn't allowed dunkaroos. See, Colin, Colin's right there with me. We're we're the silent minority Christians. Gushers. gushers, yes, gusher gushers. I had, but but I had knockoff yep. gushers. gushers. I don't think I had actual gushers. I think I think I had like healthy brand, like fruit snacks and like healthy gushers. I don't think I had gusher gushers. I had non-gusher gushers. Jesus.
1: <laughs> like I didn't get them all the time, but when I did. Crushed them.
0: Oh no! This is making me remember too. Like those elementary school, like, um, like the ice cream. Like, like I, in my elementary school, like you know the the uh, the the student aides who would like watch over lunch and basically try and make sure that all out war didn't happen. You know they'd watch you and like you had to eat your lunch before you could go up and get in the snack line to, like, get, like, an ice cream or something. And I'm just remembering, like, all the, like, like, Choco Taco. And there was this, like, dinosaur, like, this red dinosaur, like, ice cream, like, bar. Like, oh, my God, all these 90s kids' snacks. Like, all, just Googling this and, like, looking at, at pictures. Oh, the, uh, Fun Dip... I remember Fun Dip. Oh my god, all like the Wonka candies. That You could do a whole top five of that. Wonka candies.
1: Oh, 100%, yeah. Kid Cuisine. Oh my god. Lunchables. There's so much good stuff back then.
0: Mots. Applesauce.
1: <laughs> oh my god, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Where's applesauce?
0: Get out of here. Where is it? Nineties? Ah, like kids uh ice creams? I don't mean I don't even know what to like look for. Oh here it is. Yeah, like all the different like pot like uh, the popsicle things. Oh my god. This is cre I gotta this this picture I gotta put up on the stream right now. Unfortunately for those of you that are tuning in via podcast, I'll have to try. I'll probably like put all these images together, um, and we're definitely going to revisit this whole uh, 90, '90s food stuffs. So if you're looking on the screen right now, that this just brings me back to like the ice cream truck days and like going to the beach and like being like, "Dad, can I get like two dollars and go up and get something?" Like, so many of these. There, there's some big time throwbacks on here especially especially with like the popsicles like, oh, yeah. the, like the red white and blue popsicles all oh, creamsicles ah oh. It would t- how I guess it's because I was only you know you're two feet tall and you have no strength but like how I was how I didn't consume the box of those in a day like how my mother could you know, my parents could have like prevented me from just consuming a whole box of those behind their back I, I still maybe it was fear maybe I was just afraid to do so <laughs> uh, because of what would happen but like creamsicles like ice cream sandwiches like now I have no control as an adult if I buy that box that box does not make it like three days so I'm like no one's telling me I can't eat this whole box, so might as well do it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Bubble bubble yum popsicles. What are those? I'm trying to remember some of these things I just remember based off sight. Okay. I remember these. I don't think I ever had them. Bubble bubble yum gum bar. Airhead popsicles. Remember the oh push pops? I think it was better than push pops. Smoke. I remember push pops. Oh my god. All this stuff. Taking me back So anyways, we could we could go down we could go down quite the rabbit hole with the uh with with, with the nineties food stuffs. So, um, if you're, uh, if you're, if you're listening to this live, uh, you know, thank you for, for joining us today, uh, on the 360 sports show. Uh, we try to go live every Sunday at 11 AM. If you want to tune into Facebook and hear us live and, uh, and chat with us, uh, during the show. If, uh, if you're listening to us via podcast, make sure you like, and subscribe. You can find us on SoundCloud and on all your major, uh, podcasting platforms. We really appreciate you guys, uh, sticking with us, even though we don't have a whole bunch of sports content, uh, to talk about, uh, we're doing our best and uh, having a lot of fun with the top fives really getting and love the engagement to everybody who uh, who sent in their top fives and, and questions this week uh, keep them coming uh, we'll let you know what this week's top five category uh, will be um, and uh, you know we're having a lot of fun with it so glad you guys have uh, have stuck with us here on the 360 sports show um, Christian if you have uh, if you don't have any other uh notes i think uh i think we can uh, we can put a bow on uh, our first april edition of the 360 sports show
1: i think uh i think that's a uh, a fruit roll wrap <laughs> you know
0: <laughs> that was a stretch but that no, no, you tried you tried um top yeah. five we tried. food puns <laughs> we could do that next week okay.
1: Yeah,
0: there you go. Yeah. Uh, well, well, before off on that Well, before this, right, right now, this is uh, before we, uh, before we make this a uh, an over an over easy, uh, no, uh, a well done show. Uh, we will uh, we will step aside now, uh, before I continue to make horrible puns. Uh, so. Uh, For Christian Lauber, I'm Aidan Pizzelli. Thank you for joining us here on the 360 Sports Show. Like we said, every Sunday at 11, we go live on Facebook, and then we put the show out as a podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, send us your questions, thoughts, comments, concerns, and your top fives each week. We're going to keep them coming. Thank you for listening, folks. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys again soon.